Part two of session 15. Today we're gonna to talk about Seeking the Heart, the Elder Race, and the first three distortions of the creation of the universe. Let's begin. Today's video is going to be a little bit shorter than usual because we don't have much more material to cover from session 15, but we're gonna go right into the first question that I have from Don and that it starts this whole conversation about seeking the heart, which is really what we should be doing right now. But it all comes back from the previous part of session 15 where they were talking about longevity of humans. So let's dive into it right away. And so Don asks, yesterday you stated, the harvest is now. There is not at this time any reason to include efforts upon these distortions toward longevity, but rather to encourage distortions towards the heart of self. For this, which resides clearly in the violet ray energy field, will determine the harvest of each mind-body-spirit complex. Could you tell us how to seek, or the best way to seek the heart of self? Ra explains, we have given you this information in several wordings. However, we can only say the material for your understanding is the self, the mind-body-spirit complex. You have, given, you have been given this information upon healing, as you call this distortion. This information may be seen in a more general context as ways to understand the self. The understanding, experiencing, accepting, and merging of self with self and with other self, and finally with the creator, is the path to the heart of self. In each infinitesimal part of yourself resides the one in all of its power. Therefore, we can only encourage these lines of contemplation, always stating the prerequisite of meditation, contemplation, or prayer as a means of subjectively, objectively using or combining various understandings to enhance the seeking process. So first of all, Ra is mentioning that this information has been given previously. They are referring to session four, five, and 10, where there have been given certain exercises or ways to contemplate the seeking of the heart, healing, and just the seeking of the creator in general. So if you haven't, go back to session four, five, and session 10, where these exercises and disciplines are given if you wanna know more about that. Now, to get into the answering of Ra here, uh, there's a couple of things to, uh, to check and to uh, deeply understand. There is this part where uh, they say that the understanding, experiencing, accepting and merging of self with self, let's start with that, that is the seeking and accepting of us, self with self, that means us and with other self and finally with the creator my interpretation of this is that first you need to accept yourself to be able to help others which is understanding other selves so you first need to accept yourself you need to do the work you need to do need to do all this inner work and from there you're going to start uh, opening your heart to other people and from there you can start seeking the creator now this doesn't have to be you know, a linear process. You can work on all three at all times. It's just that as you work with one self, 
you can start working more with other selves and you can start to see the creator even more. It's amazing how many times and in so many wordings, Ra explains that the seeking of the creator is the best way to seek love and understanding. Now, here's my analysis of this. Think about the point that we are right now in the universe. We are in a point of separation completely, us as humans. We do not connect with other people. We do not connect with the environment. We do not connect with love, compassion, and understanding with basically everything that is the creation around us here in the planet, much less the universe. So our grasp of unity is very, very weak, if anything. A lot of people are, uh, they know deep inside that this is true, but when you talk to them, you can see, and you've definitely had these conversations with other people, they know inside, and they would agree with you if you say that we're all one and that we all need to seek love and compassion, but they always have buts. And that's all because of the conditions that we have. The buts that they come up with are usually, you know, political arrangements or societal derangements or uh, misconceptions and understanding. I mean, all the things that they come up with are all those things that they need to fix themselves and us ourselves too. So that separation that divides our uh, true understanding and admitting that we are all one and we should seek that and all the, the division, conflict and separation that we experience, that all has to do with the work that needs to be done individually, in my opinion. When you do that, you start seeking even more yourself, others, and the creator. So again, to me, the point to strike here is very important just to uh, say that the creator itself is everywhere. And if we cannot see it, then we cannot have that love and universal compassion that we need to have for everything around us. So let's go to the next part of this answer uh, of Ra where he finishes up the question saying, without such a method of reversing the analytical process, one could not integrate into unity the many understandings gained in such seeking. Beautiful, because this is what they mean about the reversing of the analytical process, meaning that you go inside, you go internally, and from there is that you can start uh, seeking the heart, seeking the love and compassion that needs to be uh, have for this uh, for this harvest that they're talking about. Remember that the question started with Don saying that in the previous session they said the harvest is now, and for us to seek the distortions that we need towards love and compassion and understanding for the harvest, we need to start seeking the heart itself and not so much the longevity that was part of our human nature back then. That seems to be not too relevant right now, and it's just seeking those distortions towards love and understanding. So I hope that makes sense. It does to me, so if it doesn't, leave me any questions or comments in the section below. Let's go to the next question. Don says, yesterday you also mentioned that when there was no harvest at the end of the last 25,000 year period, there were harvestal entities who shall choose the matter of their entrance into the fourth density. Can you tell me what you mean by how they will choose the manner of their entrance into the fourth density? Ra says, these shepherds, or as some have called them, the elder rays, shall choose the time space of their leaving. 
they are unlikely to leave until their other selves are harvestable also. What do you mean by their other selves being harvestable? Don asks. And Ra answers. The other selves with whom these beings are concerned are those which did not attain harvest during the second major cycle. And now we've talked about this in previous ses uh, sessions where uh, Ra explains that in the first harvest, which was 50,000 years ago, nobody graduated. And then 25,000 years after, there was only a couple of people, just a handful. And these people or entities decided to come back for this last cycle and help those of their tribe or their civilization or whatever you want to call them. Uh, so these are the elder rays. The elder rays are those who are helping the uh, the people or the entities back 25,000 years ago that couldn't graduate. So that's what they're talking about here. Like I said, we've talked about this in um, in previous sessions. If I don't remember from the top of my head, but when I do and I check, I'll put it in the comment and pin it down in this uh, in this video. So you can check that also where they talk about this uh, this harvest that happened and the entities that actually graduated and decided to come back. Let's go on. I asked this question because I've heard about the elder race before in a book, Road in the Sky by George Hunt Williamson, and I was wondering if this elder race was the same that he talked about. Ross says, the question now resolves itself, for we have spoken previously of the manner of decision making of which caused these entities to remain here upon the closing of the second major cycle of your current master cycle. There are some distortions in the descriptions of the one known as Mitchell. However, these distortions have primarily to do with the fact that these entities are not a social memory complex, but rather a group of mind-body-spirit complexes dedicated to service. These entities work together, but are not completely unified. Thus, they do not completely see each the, each the other's thoughts, feelings, and motives. However, their desire to serve is the four-dimensional type of desire, thus melding them into what you may call a brotherhood. Okay, like I said, we've talked about this in previous sessions and just as I promised, you can probably see the link already of the other session in the first comment that I posted. <laughs> um, but the, the other thing that they're talking about here is that they are not a social memory complex because they cannot see each, other th uh, each other's thoughts uh, or feelings. This is what happens when we become a social memory complex or when we achieve social memory, which again, I've talked about this before. Uh, we can reach this in third density. It's very rare, definitely not happening on this planet for what it seems. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna prophesize what's gonna happen, but it's, it's very difficult for it to happen in third density, but it usually happens in fourth density. And that's why uh, they're saying that however they're designed to serve is the four dimensional type which kind of aligns with the same idea of helping those who were part of their civilization or their group um, or their race, whatever you want to call them. Once again, you know, they are people or entities who graduated the fourth, came back. They're helping uh, those at least. I mean, they're helping everybody for what I can gather, but they're, they're really concerned and their contract, so to speak, was to come and help those who were of their civilization. So... That's all I got from them. Let's go on. Are there any wanderers with these elder rays or not? Ross says, these are planetary entities harvested. 
wanderers only in the sense that they chose in four density love to immediately reincarnate in third density rather than proceeding towards four density. This causes them to be wanderers of a type, wanderers who have never left the earth plane because of their free will rather than because of their vibrational level. And this makes sense. It clarifies also the idea of wanderers. Wanderers are usually entities who have traveled from other planets uh, and they have come to this planet or other planets to serve in the uh, polarization of their same polarity type of entities. So in this case, positive entities. Um, it's very rare to have negative uh, polarity entities as wanderers for some reason that uh, Ra explains in further sessions that they are really afraid of the forgetting, which is part of this density. We've talked about this. I'm not going to go over this material right now, but just to throw in, you know, the part of the wonders. But going back to the answer that Ra explains here is that they are wanderers only in the sense that they decided to come back to the same planetary sphere, which is Earth, and help those here. So they are a wanderer of a type because they didn't choose to go to four density, not because of their vibrational, and this is key, we're gonna talk about this uh, towards the, uh, the end of the session, uh, but they are not wanderers because, or and rather they didn't decide to come here again because of their vibrational level. They are easily able to reach four density when they die um, if they are incarnated here and they'll continue to incarnate here until they can help those around them that are from, from their race and their civilization. And they're doing also uh, big help for us as far as I understand. I hope they are. <laughs> At least that's my, uh, my, my thought process. But that's it. Let's go to the next question. Well, in yesterday's material you stated, we offer the law of one, the solving of paradoxes. You also mentioned earlier that the first paradox, or the first distortion I meant, was the distortion of free will. Only up to a very short point, says Ra. After this point, the manyness of distortions are equal to one another. The first distortion, free will, finds focus. This is the second distortion, known to you as Logos, the, pr the creative principle, or love. This intelligent energy thus creates a distortion known as light. From these three distortions come many, many hierarchies of distortions, each having its own paradoxes to be synthesized, no one being more important than one than another. So again, now they're talking about the first distortions of the creation. If you remember from the previous video in session 13, where we talk about the creation of the universe, there is, um, there is infinity. Okay, from infinity, there is the creation. The creation comes from awareness of infinity, creating uh, what is called the focus. That, um, that focus is the second distortion that comes from awareness. And from focus comes the third distortion, which is light. So again, the three distortions that they're talking about is awareness, focus, or the love, and you know they call it also the creative principle or logos, uh, these kind of terms are uh, are mixed now and then. So I like to call it awareness, love, and light because those three are the processes by which intelligent infinity or actually infinity in general uh, becomes uh, the creation of the universe. So again, the way to visualize this, and this is how I like to see it, is that 
everything in the universe is infinite, right? So this infinity creates the first principle or first distortion, which is awareness of itself. By creating awareness of itself, it creates the second distortion that is love. Love is the vibration of the universe. If you've heard this term, now you can actually put it into context in this uh, explanation of the creation of the universe. Love is a vibration that creates the intelligent energy to behave in patterns and ways that are known as light. And that's why they say that after light, there comes, I mean, infinite amount of distortions from the, the different spiraling energies that creates light for material or matter in, in general, or the material that creates, you know, the second density, which are plants, animals, and that kind of second density consciousness and third density and so on. So that's why there's no next distortion, but rather an infinite amount of distortions coming out of the third one, which is light. I hope this makes sense. I've made videos about this in my Facebook group where I talk about the creation of the universe in the way I visualize it. So uh, if this doesn't make sense, leave a comment, join the Facebook group, and we'll talk about it there. Let's go on with the next question. You also said that you offer the law of one, which is the balancing of love light and light love. Is there any difference between love light and light love? Ross says, this will be the final question of this time space. There is the same difference between love light and light love as there is between teach learning and learn teaching. Love light is the enabler, the power, the energy giver. Light love is the manifestation which occurs when light has been impressed with love. Okay, so if you remember what I just explained, this explains it even better because this is um, the final question uh, by, uh, by any, uh, at any rate. <laughs> Also, but it's also the way that um, say light love is uh, or love light is the enabler, right? Love light is the uh, the creative principle by which light is created. So just like uh, teaching learning is learning teaching because of the way if we teach something and the person learns something, that learner becomes a teacher, and that that's the way that the universe is also creating. Uh, everything for for the different experiences that exist because of love impregnating light and light is by default love so by by reverse it's almost like having there's no front without back no up without down no good without evil and so on so this is the same type of situation here that one creates the other and this is just you know in every part of the universe you know, emptiness cannot exist without something and something couldn't cannot exist without nothingness. So, you know, it's the same idea. And just in terms of what love light is, that's basically what it is. So, like I said, this session or this video was rather short compared to the other ones. I hope this made sense. This is all I got until session 16. For now, uh, I'll leave you until next week. Well, we'll talk about uh, session 16. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, and all that stuff for my YouTube channel. I appreciate it a lot. I am fully aware of all the love you guys give me, and I will see you next week when we talk about session 16.